This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bobble podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Tonight, Mark and myself will be going solo again, and Mark will just do a few shout-outs first. Mark? Oh, sorry, Paul, yeah. Just the usual shout-outs to Tim Aloy, Malika, and Richie. Hopefully, he'll be starting his treatment next week. Mm-hmm. Young Ben, he's getting stuck in his physio and getting stronger all the time. I'd just like to give a special shout out to mention to Mikey. Everybody, everybody on the podcast knows Mikey. He's here, but one of his family members had a bad accident earlier on today. So obviously, I thought prayers are going out to Mikey and his family. And well, finally, some very sad news today about a, a real Celtic legend. It's been confirmed that Barry Olds is suffering from dementia. And I'm sure it will all day, but his family asked and we'll keep betting in all our prayers. Oh, and finally, the link to the charity page for the football match is in the description box below, so please share that on your social medias to raise as much money as we can for the H- NHS. Thanks. Also, uh, the show is sponsored by Mindscaped, uh, proper grooming and precision engineer tools for men. Go to their website at www.menscape.com and check out their range. And if you are going to purchase anything, use our code Celtic Rumors TV and get 20% off plus free shipping. Why not shave your balls while listening to the Balls and Bobble podcast? Your wife will thank you for us. <laughs> That's Manscaped at www.manscaped.com and you get 20% off. 20% off plus shipping with all cord Celtic Rumors TV. There's also a link to that in the description box below. Paul, if you, if you want to tell me a bit about what this is about, the advertising and that. Well, basically, uh, myself and uh, Mark have got sponsorship for uh, the podcast for the Euros. Uh, we, we'll see how it goes and if we can kind of get sales for the, the Manscaped marketing this, we, we, we'll get sponsorship. I will start and as we've any money that we would make out of this, we've gone to go to improving the streaming, improving what we're doing. So it's hopefully, it shows what we're doing is getting, getting recognised a bit, Paul, we're mm. there kind of thing when companies are, are approaching us and work, work alongside us. Sir. And it's not just a small company, Max, it's not. No, you know, this is... no it is not. I mean, they're worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, we're talking about the, it's 20% off and it's free shipping throughout, throughout the world, anywhere in the world, sir. Mm-hmm. Only with our code or the Celtic Rumours TV. <laughs> that's a deal. That, 
keep 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 plugging that. Keep plugging that. Obviously, share the code as many times as you want as well for other people to use. So, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah, we, uh, we can get something a bit longer term going with them. Exactly. So, so let's move on to short tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to take a look at the Scottish Premier League fixtures that were released on the, uh, during the week. Our Champions League second qualifier against Mitchelland of Denmark. Our summer, summer targets linked with Celtic through the media. So, firstly, we're going to have some rumours and gossip. Uh, new Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu phoned striker Lee Griffiths today to have a chat about his future at the club. As you know, Celtic haven't triggered the final year of, of Lee's contract. However, however, it seems that Ange is keen to, to, to contact Lee Griffiths himself this week. Speaking to Sky Sports, Lee said that the manager rang me on Tuesday, um, saying things like the, the 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 meeting seemed very positive according to Lee Griffiths. Uh, sorry, we'll have he said we'll have another chat next week, and when he meets up with the squad next uh, next week, uh, and we will take it from there. Now, in case you haven't missed it, like I suppose, Mark. Considering what's going on with, with players leaving and stuff like that, maybe Ange thinks that it's good to have uh, Lee Griffiths around. Well, I think I know that if a fit and mentally right, Lee Griffiths would be an asset to his ball, but it's whether he can get back to, to being that. That's it. Like Ange has put his fate in the know, hasn't he, by giving that forecast? I'm falling down more on the side now that I think it's time that he should move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, see when you look back at his actual statistics and that, he's not really. See, for Ronnie Dyla left, he's not really been. Mm-hmm. Not really. Be, uh, it's been a bit. Does Dumfries own Dumfries in as well, Mark? Of course, a lot of that's his own responsibility. He's got to take responsibility <laughs> for his actions, even, as I say, do it with his mental health. You can't help blame anybody for that, but all these other problems that he's. Seemingly just brought on himself. He's got to take responsibility for that. The only one Mark that can make this work for for Celtic is Lee Griffiths. Oh, uh, that's him. You know, and and gave him his hand. You know, it's up to Griffiths to take it, get himself fit as he can be for next season, and, and just hit the ground running. I mean, I'm saying I think it's time maybe that he left, but I mean, I'd be, mm-hmm. it's equally delighted if he, he rammed the words down my throat, Paul. You know what I mean? If, he did come back and became and showed as a player that we know that he can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Istanbul, uh, I was just going to say Istanbul. I can't have uh, have confirmed they will not be taking an option to buy the uh, disgraced Celtic fellow Bori Bangoli. The player will now return to Celtic for pre-season training next week. It will be interesting to see if the Celtic board decide to hold on to the player. Or will they let him go uh, if a fee comes in? Sunderland striker Charlie White looks set to be joining Celtic at the end of the month on a free transfer. Charlie White is in favour of a move to Celtic, and Celtic are also confident that the deal will be done. Arsenal have turned their attentions to Sheffield United goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, and will not be making a move for Celtic target Matt Ryan. Will Celtic now go for the keeper that supposedly Ange wants in and he knows very well from their time in, with Australia? 
UEFA have ordered Celtic to pay Sheffield Wednesday £300,000 for, for, for Liam Shaw, who recently joined Celtic. Celtic will have to pay the compensation fee because Sheffield Wednesday agreed to let the player leave his contract a month early to join Celtic. The, the question... That's an expensive month, in not Mm-hmm. If that was mm-hmm. if that's all it was for a month, it cost them three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. It was, and we're going to talk about Celtic targets later on, and I want to talk about Liam Shaw. Because I, I go, to, we're going to talk about is he actually going to break into the first team, or is he going to be in and around the first team? Is he going to be another project? He's he's still only twenty. Um, you know, Steve reading what he was saying, and that I think he's been told it'll be in about the squad, Paul. Mm-hmm. Celtic would be interested in bringing Sviachenko back. I just, 
I, I just don't see what purpose it would send. I mean, I liked him. I did. Mm-hmm. He was a bit of a kind of cult player, kind of a bit daft in that kind of idea. When, when we're reading about... He was as slow as a week in the jail, and now yeah. about three or four years later, so I don't imagine... I don't imagine he's getting any quicker as he years when, ago. When, when, when we're reading uh, the transfer targets, I, I'll give you the link, how this link came up. Oh, right, right. So there's actually, there's actually a reason why he's linked to Celtic, and, and, and it's actually involving Ange, oh. why he's linked to Celtic. So there's actually a link there, and this this is why I think it came up. Uh, next, uh, Peter Lall uh, has become a hate figure in recent years of Celtic. But it's time to put the Celtic hatred on hold for the moment and Peter Lodge should be hailed as the man who saved the use of the Scottish football. Criminal organisations have been approaching young players at an early age and, and have become their, their agents and have, in, have, have, have introduced these players to the criminal side of football. The Scottish FA taught a blind eye to this situation but one man stood up to protect and has come out and stood up to the, this football mafia. As you know, as you know by now, Peter Lal's house and family home, with his family inside, was set alight. The man now is a target for all these 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 football criminals and his family is a football as well. So, a serious source is not to. For Scottish football, not just Celtic fans, for Scottish football to remember Peter Lord as the man who was actually standing up to this this football mafia. Mark, I think we can, we can we can call it that. Are targeting these young players at an early age? Well, be all be David gambling and match fixing and things like that again. Paul, I mean, there's websites out there that's. Oh, I don't keep honest. I don't know how much it's true, but see, fifty percent it's true. It's absolutely shocking what actually goes on, and like the big leagues, like doing in England, and that is mm-hmm. mind-boggling. The kind of level where it's like, oh, to manipulate the Asian betting markets and stuff like that, and that is, as I said, it's really, really deep stuff and a bit, a bit dangerous. Well, obviously, we know that it's a bit dangerous with the stories that we've heard in that. That story with Peter Lowe, there was some rumours flying about about a while ago, and I think it was, uh, I think it was one of the big English papers that actually covered that. I don't think the Scottish press. No, no, they, but they, they kind of put a, a kind of a blind eye to it, Mark. Didn't they? Really? Like it's not going on in Scottish football, kind of a thing. In this, Aye. you know, I mean, Scotland's a, a, it's a wee backwater compared to even to England, when it? When it comes to things like that, you would you would think, but so it doesn't really take much even to like influence a newspaper editor or things like that to keep their mouth shut these days. Do you know what I mean? Well, he is a he is a target now, Mark. For uh, uh, like, I don't want to be discussing it in kind of more detail or anything like that. But his house be being satellites with his family inside it, not just him. But his family are in danger now as well because he stood up to these things and he seems to be open his own with this kind of thing that he doesn't seem to be getting kind of support from the Scottish FA or anything like that, you know? I didn't it seem like it for the articles and that, that I've read about it. It does seem to be like a kind of lone figure. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, maybe that's down, I don't know, maybe that was down to his kind of uh, ECA membership. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe it was a bit higher up 
the kind of UEFA food chain that that's where Peter Wills maybe get one day this thing. Exactly. It's a dodgy subject, do you know what I mean? But it's ob- yeah. obviously out there and it's happening. It's just it, young players can keep away from it and keep exactly. it straight and narrow kind of thing. Because it's, I mean, as I've said, it's probably just a wee kind of backwater. It's even coming down to match fiction, it's easy enough to blackmail or bribe a referee. It really would be quite easy. For these kind of that kind of level I, that we're talking about, I'm not talking about just normal guys, but at that kind of level of criminality, it would be quite easy for them to. Back. With with some of the refereeing the decisions <laughs> the last couple of years, man, oh, that's, it'll, that's, it'll, it'll seriously make you think. That's you know, the Masons, we know that that's the Masons. But I, you know? I mean, it's. Some of the stuff on that, as I said, that I've read about it on that, the Asian betting market and that, it does make you think. It really does make you think that there could be things happening. But I mean, I read one, one I read, it took me about two hours to read this thing, but the boy had been into all these details and he'd all these stats and all that, and it was how Leicester winning the Premier League was the biggest betting con the world had ever seen kind of thing, and it, it was a bit... It was like... No, G kind of it, yeah. Oh, see if he wrote a book or a film about it, it would have been a bestseller. Jeez. It was just... I don't know where he was coming from, because I don't think you've got that kind of power, do you know what I mean? They could actually fix a full league to that extent, but this boy had done some amount of research into it, but uh, as I said, if it had been a film, it would have been a good film, but not for you to sit and believe it, it was true. So... Lastly, from the rumours, uh, Ange Postecoglou looks like he's quarantined in London at the moment and is set to join up with Celtic training camp in Wales on Monday evening, early Tuesday morning. Do you say that was in Wales? No, he's actually in London. So you were wrong. No, I was. So he's actually in London and he's on. He's going to meet up with them. He doesn't have to quarantine in Wales if he's in London. So he'd be like, he's supposedly he's going to be in training down in Wales with the camp on, on late Monday evening or Tuesday morning. So that's... I thought it was July they went to Wales. Well, he's meeting up with the squad, I suppose, yeah, I mean, next week, Mark, so... Unless he's, got, unless he's going to Lennox Town, is he? Well, that, next week, that'll be like his isolation time up. Yeah, so he must be coming straight to Lennox Town, so on. He's coming up here, because I'm sure it's the beginning of July we get down to Wales. The, you're right, the 7th of July, we're going down to Ting and then we're playing around the 10th, we're playing their first uh, friendly match in this, down in, down in the... Training, that tra- training camp, I can't yeah. the name of what it's called. So he he must be coming. Ah, well, that'll be isolation period over, when he'll be just coming up, up here now. Okay, I was just thinking, there today, and uh, it's, it's might the effect you, like, but... With this new Delta variant that's out there now, Mark, uh, new quarantine walls that are actually have to come in between Ireland and, and the UK that you have to isolate now. If you didn't have to isolate before, if you were coming in from the UK, you could just go straight kind of out once you had your vaccination and, and your paper sorted. But now if you're coming in from the UK to Ireland, you have to um, isolate for 10 days. There's, there's nothing like that between Scotland and, and, and England, is there? No, I don't think so, Paul. No, because all these Scottish... There's a team... Why do Scottish people away, don't they, Scotland? Eh, 
Down to England today. Oh, aye. Yeah. I've only told them not to go down in that, but it seems there's seems been a, a right few. I've been there, I saw some videos on Twitter and that, sir. Yeah, today, I've seen them today, I think. So, so if he's got, he, he, he really has time so, Mark, to prep the team that's going to be there. If he's if he is coming in next week, because he's, he's quarantined, surely he'll be going to be up. I know if he's actually in London. That's what I mean. He's actually in London in a hotel quarantine today and that's where he rang Lee Griffiths and it was actually Lee Griffiths that leaked this through the, the phone call that we're going to meet up next week and talk face to face about my future and where to go so he must be coming up the next thing next week and he does if if he does come up Mark he, he really does have time to kind of prep himself as well around the squad see apart from like the time and where he was appointed and how long it took no matter who was appointed he was never going to meet the players to the day that Big Angie's going to meet the players. Mm-hmm. Even without the quarantine. Because the players are... This is a kind of time off. They know. They're no due to report back to next week. Yeah, exactly. Even no matter when he was appointed or who was appointed, he still wouldn't have got to meet the players to next week. So when it comes down to the time working with the players, it's not going to really make much difference. Mm-hmm. The thing is, he's no that as long to plan as we'd have liked him had in that. But he's been stuck in a hotel for ten days, living and breathing football, sir. Yeah, he'd have done plenty of work on that, plenty. Of it. So his work will start. Uh, Celtic will be, will begin will begin their new season on the thirty first of July away to Hearts at Tyneside. But I'll just bring your fixtures, bring your fixtures up on the screen there, Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. cut off of them. Uh, I'll just continue. August the 7th, we're going to be home to Dundee. August the 21st, we're home to St. Mary. And then on the 28th of August, the first Glasgow Derby against Rangers at Ibrox. Uh, I, I suppose, Mark, the first game against Hearts is... It's always a, a tough place to to go to for any uh, any team into Tyneside, isn't it? Never easy to go there. That's you know. Thing. Well, I don't know what it's going to be with the fan situation and that, but it's probably apart from going to a away game at Ibrox, it's probably as close you'll get to like a, a baptism of fire in Scotland if it was a full house at Tynecastle. Uh, uh, and especially with Hearts kind of coming back into the league as well, Mark. They want to show that they're, they're they deserve to be in the league, and you know it's it's it's, it's a tough start for. For Ange to be to be starting, but you expect him to win. Or we need to win, Mark. Uh, it's Dundee and say, you know, and we need to. We 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 should be beating Dundee uh, and Saint Mirren, Saint Mirren as well. Well, Hearts. I mean, really, Hearts is still just like a team that's just been promoted. Do you know what I mean? It isn't it? Exactly. It's really. It's more, it would be more if the fans were in. If, if it's going, if it's going to be a full house and the atmosphere kind of thing, I'd be more worried about. I'm not really that worried about just like playing Hearts that are just a newly, newly, sorry, a newly promoted team. Mm-hmm. That will be a tough game for. It's a tough game. It's a tough start. Like, but the the fourth game mark of the season uh, against Rangers. Would you be far to play that? Uh, in the later days, as love's kind of been kind of around October, September, or has it come the right time? Does, uh, and we see where we're going under Ange, and see, see how we're, does, how, how he's going to play against them. 
doesn't matter when you play them, Paul. We've got to play them. That's it. I don't. Mm-hmm. It was the first game of the season or the last game of the season. Doesn't really matter. It's still a derby game. It'll still mean the exact same as all the rest of the momentum. It's it's um it's already like and it's it's really going to kind of uh, set the pace for the season as well, Mark. And they're like who that who's going to we're going to be underdogs. Going, going into this match, obviously, I think, and I think it's going to show a lot, a lot of fans what way he he approaches this game. Like, will he will we like let him? Will it be a slow push? Well, I don't. I, I I can see him going straight out attack. Uh, 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 Rangers. But well, see if we have read him and be told about him. No, I don't see him holding any fear of Rangers. You know, you watched the Celtic Rangers games for last season. Saw how they play because they they never changed the way they play. Mm-hmm. We were chopping and changing the way we play. They never chopped. They never changed the way they play. So he's got today is. And see, that's the thing as well, Mark. Like Gerard knew uh, Lennon's system. He had it down to a T. He knew what way Lennon would play, what way Lennon would set up. He knew the players that were probably more likely going to start, but. Gerard and Rangers are going into the unknown in this match about where Big Ange is going to set up. Who they actually... We're more going into the unknown. The fans are going into the unknown. We don't, we don't know what players are going to be uh, at Celtic uh, next season. Big Ange is not going into the unknown because Rangers will still play the exact yeah. same way. That's the, do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's actually Rangers going into the unknown in this. Uh, it's the same they don't know who they're going to be coming up against. But obviously they'll buy new players and they'll probably be a wee bit better what they've got and things like that. But Rangers will still play the same way of football they've been playing. I've no doubt about that. And Big Angie's hopefully spotted it and spotted weaknesses in it that it can set us up to get to expose these weaknesses in them. Because mm-hmm. before they're not. They're just well drilled. Yeah, that's all they are. Just well organised and well drilled. There's no really... There's no kind of flair or excitement about them. And uh, what we're reading about uh, Alan's, like, he's well-drilled, his he's structure, his tactics. You know, he's he, he's the man, Mark, I think, that Celtic need at the moment uh, to, to, to go in uh, into this new era, you know? Oh, obviously, he seems to tick all the boxes, apart from being a well-known name. And mm-hmm. He's coming across well in interviews and obviously saying the right things, things he's been told to say in the interviews and that, but we were even speaking to Gavin in that, I honestly think we could have got a lot to look forward to, Paul, I really do. So, you said um, that we're going into the, the, the derby game, Mark, right, that Celtic should be going into Venice and think, will it so early, Mark, in the season and, and considering we lost with three, I think, and we drew two against Rangers last season, or maybe four, we, we lost and drew one. Is it a must-win for Celtic so early on in the season, considering the the advantage Rangers had last season, uh, the games against Celtic uh, last season? Oh, that put me in the spot there, Paul. Every Derby game's a must-win, isn't it? It's must-win. I think, uh, I was thinking like that. Still, uh, I mean... Obviously, I'd love us to win it. I hope we win it, and 
But if we don't then the excuse to be okay, it's only the first one of the season, I've still to play them another three times into that kind of thing. But well, it's gonna set the tone early, ain't this? If France comes in and we win that, it's certainly set yeah. a marker, do you know what I mean? And if Rangers win it, it's setting down a marker to hands it, that's what he's up, that's the level, that's what he's got to beat. He's got to new at the end of the season to work out how to beat them then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, not only have the, the Scottish fixtures come up, or, or Champions League fixtures have come up, and Celtic will start their second round qualifier against Meachland on Tuesday the 20th at 8pm. Mark, I think this is the the, the the best team that we could have asked to, to, to face, considering there was Galatasaray. Uh, Rapid Vienna. The other two teams that we could we, we could have faced. No, I don't think we could have been any luckier with the draw. But although it's still going to be a tough game, still going mm-hmm. to be tough to get by them. But I was just just, just thank God we didn't get Galatasaray. See when we, that first came out about the three teams we could have got. I'm, yes. Oh, but definitely didn't want to get them. You know, obviously, but I'm not going to say Michelin's the easiest team, but. Vienna would have still been a tough, tough couple of games for us, but Michelin's probably more suited to your kind of mm-hmm. level than her, I'd imagine. And if we get through to the, the third round, we, we could end up facing the likes of Spartak, Moscow, Benfica, Shakhtar, Dignest. We'll be waiting for Celtic in the next round. Uh, Wisp and uh, attacking mentality, he's well focused on tactics, he's high press. I would think, Mark, we, we we should at least get into the third round. I, I, I would be confident by listening to him and the, the way the manager he is, that he, he's a winning manager, he wants to win every game. I'd be fairly confident that we would beat Reachland and get through to the third round. But there's tough teams there facing Celtic there. It's taking it up another level again, isn't it? Like some of the teams you've mentioned there, it would be... I've said all along, I really think it'll be a big ask for us to get to the group stages in the Champions League this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, even even if you faced anyone between them, Spartak, Moscow, Benfica, Shakhtar, Desma, they're not only the tough home games, but with Celtic's records away, there's a lot of travel if we go to Spartak, Moscow, Shakhtar the next, you know, if we go there, so all in the season as well, you know. Uh, uh, I wouldn't fancy, to be honest, I wouldn't fancy against any of them to get through. Maybe give them a good, a good game, maybe sneak a win at Parkhead, but I wouldn't fancy to go, get through over two legs against any of them, Paul. Mm-hmm. When's the king, when's, is that, when's the cut off to go down to the Europa League? Well, if we if we get knocked out against Michland, I think we go into the, the, the playoffs from the second round into the Europa League. And then we go into the, the the group stage. Then in the third round, we get knocked out of that. So if we get knocked out against like Benfica, that we get straight into the group stage. Into group stage, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. where we'll. I think that's where we'll be this year, Paul. Paul. But that's but that's at at this stage, Mark. I think that's the level we're at at the moment. You know, Celtic, the, the Europa League. I think that's where we're at. You know. Uh, I think that's really been my level. When, when we have done well in the Champions League, I, I think basically we've punched above our weight. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's been done to 
at the time good management and like good performances and that that's done it. It's not because we've we've like kinda of bought this kind of success, do you know what I mean? We're no going out and spending we've been moaning about it, we're not going out and spending money to make it a, a Champions League team. Do you know what I mean? We're no doing that. We've just been spending money to keep us above them in Scotland and taking over in Europe with the odd team again to the Champions League. So Ange Postig was speaking to, to, to Celtic TV today and he has claimed that Celtic uh, can't be more prepared for the Champions League qualifier against Meechland. He was quoted today on Celtic TV. I'm keen a little I'm keen to hit the ground running and to get uh, as much work as done before I get there. But but my own is that I can't be more prepared and that that what we are at the moment and that the team is in a pot, is in good conditions and and we're we know what we have to face uh, in Meachland. I'm fully confident that once I hit the ground we will get started and I'm really excited about the fact that we have something good to look forward to and that we have a target to hit in the next five to six weeks. He also said that the the work has already started, to be fair. A lot of the lads, the staff from the club, have already been putting plans in place. I'm talking to them on a daily basis, so they already know how I want things to work. Mark, I I suppose to read by that, like we spoke to that, even though he's in quarantine, Work has already been done. He's in. He's in contact maybe to the fitness coaches, uh, John Kenny and Strachan, if they are going to be looking after the team while while he's doing things. So he is kind of getting the team prepared as as, as best he can, isn't he? It's a hang of it, as Paul. Seeing the mod, the modern age, this day and age, look what we've done. Sitting with a wee laptop and that. Mm-hmm. Guys for Australia and that on here. Do you know what I mean, sir? All these Zoom things and that. They, There'll be constant meetings and stuff like that going on, and like these Zoom calls and that with uh, Ange and Hopeful Dominic McKay and other people that will just want to talk to and have a chat with and get to kind of know before they actually meet some face to face. I mean, it'll be a kind of, not an interview kind of idea, but you'd imagine it's a kind of process that he's been introduced to. Do you know what I mean? This is so and so, this is what he does. They just get a kind of feeling how each other operates and things like that. But stuff tell them won't make any difference to his plans. But what's your take on we we're prepared as the best way we can? Do do you think he knows that the the players that he has that they're drilled and that he knows that more players will have to come in and the work is actually being done behind the scenes now, Mark, uh, in getting these players in before the the, the Champions League qualifier? Oh, I think there's got to be some movement with that in the next at least couple of weeks. I think surely Paul will be one or two signings even for getting down to the training camp wheels. Mm-hmm. It's really the bare minimum, even number-wise. That's 17 players. I think are uh, turning up to pre-season training next week. That's because of players being away in international duty. Uh, so there's there's going to be 17 to 18 players turning up to Celtic pre-season 
next week. That's not even the full squad, Mark, oh. to, to work with. And, and I presume a lot of them, Mark, would be you players. Well, uh, and then, I mean, like, Edward, do we want Edward to be turning up for pre-season training? And speaking of Edward, uh, the news broke today, and I just sent it to you there, but, uh, just so I wonder, Leicester and Edward's deal has broken down. The talks between them have broken down. Uh, I think I, that means that doesn't really mean anything to Celtic, really, didn't it? No. I think it's going to be anything that maybe Arsenal will come in with, it, with, with a bid mark. You know? Well, Arsenal were one of the other teams that were interested in him, but I don't know why the deal with Leicester broke down, whether he's been greedy with money or whatever, because they seem to be quite far from the line with it. Like I thought, I'm speaking to Barry as well, like that, you kind of want the players out, Mark, who want to leave kind of straight away. You know, you don't want kind of that unsettled players in and around the squad. It kind of just eats away the, the good feeling and the, the team, the team's, whatever you call the team spirit. If you've got negative people moaning and that, and you can tell out in training, you can tell even during games that they're not interested, it would, well, it would, it would get to you for a start. It would scunner you, wouldn't it? If you're running about there, if you're running about there, getting a hundred percent, and other guys no bother on their backside, you're going to say something. Then causes animosity, arguments, and that. So players don't want to be there. It's just, I'm not saying just sell them for the sake of selling them, but get them out the door as quick as you possibly can. Or we even put them into reserves, Mark. You know what I mean? If they want to leave, don't have them in the first team. You know, we put them out to the, the reserves, then train their own, or, you know? Aye, that's a, I don't know if Celtic could do that with somebody like Edward. Without yeah, true. Options kind of thing, me. The likes of the, the the kind of group that he was supposedly in, with the likes of Julian and, and, and all them, I say. Did start getting did start getting stories getting dripped to the press via his agent about how bad things were and all that carry on. But I just I don't think there's really any animosity towards any specific player. Probably I think a lot of the players will feel they've been let down. A lot of them will feel they've let themselves down, but a lot of them will feel let down by some of their teammates as well. I think, but I don't think it would come to like.
boy into Ange and hit the ground running with him as well, don't they? You know? Well, for all we know, Paul, I mean, some of these young players could take this chance by scruffing their neck. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? If, I mean, they were talking about well, maybe be struggling for players in case for these uh, qualifiers. Maybe some of these young players will step right up to the mark and will maybe no need to spy to get what I mean. Exactly, the likes of Luke O'Connell and uh, ah, the center, they could step up, Mark. That uh, it's like we said before, Mark, on previous podcasts, we don't know what these players are capable of because we, we, don't, we don't see them. We might see them for five, two minutes of a game or the last ten minutes of a game and you can't judge a player on ten minutes of a game, Mark. You can't. No, you can, you know, I mean, that's okay, as we've spoken, it's okay to give young players 10 minutes and 20 minutes and that, but in certain games, if a young player's playing, if he's playing well enough to get the last 20 minutes against, say, Hearts, if they're sitting at 2-0 up, he's good enough to start a game against a lower league team, do you get what I mean? They've got to nurture them that way. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm not saying you just throw them into games, but they've got to be playing... They've got to be getting enough time to play with to show what they can do. You can't judge a player when they're getting two and three minutes on the park. It'd be interesting to, if if we could get Barry's thoughts maybe on the next podcast and when he's available next week, he said he's working at the moment. But what's it like for like, the first day, Mark, of, of a manager coming to a club? What, what, what do you think big hands would do? We just sit the players down in in the room, talk to him, his philosophy, the way he does things and the way he trains. Do you think maybe diets and stuff like that would, would maybe come into us? I, th- I think the world party's kind of introduction, which is expected. You know, I expect you to fully, fully your fitness and your sports. I expect you to follow the programmes and do exactly what these people are telling you today. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be party. It'll be party. Has this is what I, this is what you do. If you want to play for this club and under me, these are the rules that you follow. And if you, if, yeah, exactly, Mark. And if you, if you're not buying into his Celtic board, need to they need to back him, Mark. If he said, look, this player is not part of my thing, sell it. The board need to start listening to the manager, what players he wants, what players he don't wants, and just let him. Do what he needs to do in the first team. Otherwise, Mark is not going to succeed at Celtic. Do you know? No, it's, it'd be really struggling if it, if the board starts showing like the kind of favouritism towards players. Is it, I, I mean, did Scott Brown's influence kind of reach that kind of level of the boardroom in that? Mhm. It's good to be until and whenever or whatever we are director of football, but. If a player is the best manager, basically, by years and way doing things, it just it's not, it shouldn't be there. Like, Mark, I, I know we we talked about this a lot a, a lot of times and and things like that, and and he's he's come out and and said he's going to think for his own future, but it's really puzzling that we haven't seen nothing of a backroom team coming in from from Ange. You know, because if he's going to come in here, and we, we said last podcast, if he's going to be in training supposedly next week, I think. And if he's big, if he's backroom team are, are from Yokohama or, or Broader, they're not from the UK or, or Scotland, they're going to have to quarantine as well for 10 days. And he's not going to have his own kind of people that he wants behind him either for another another 10 days, Mark. It, it's just. 
thought it's strange if he did was bringing anybody with him that they didn't come over at the same time. Yeah. Did, I mean, or did then we just don't know. But, but that says maybe they're going to all be named next week together or he's going to have a thing that, that maybe they might, Celtic might bring I mean, in the, the next player. I can't even, has he mentioned anything? No. And any his interviews of that about bringing no. the coaches in? No. I said for all no. the boys could be doing in this hotel with him. And um, what I found was very interesting is that uh, Celtic TV didn't ask the question either. You know, so I'm predicting like our uh, Celtic TV scripted to what they can say to him, Mark. Well, I think they are. I think they're kind of just kind of puff pieces into it. No, they never really ask any kind of probing questions. I think anybody, I think if you're going Celtic TV, you're kind of told what questions you're going to be asked before it. And mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I don't think I, they're not going to ask you anything that's going to rock the boat, really, are they? Exactly. So we're going to move on from the, the Scottish fixtures and, and the opening fixtures that hopefully Big Ange will be in next week and we can kind of see kind of a players coming in or, or players going and what kind of players he will be in. But one player who is authentic at the moment and it's our first sign of the summer, but he was signed on a pre-contract in July, which says they now have to pay 300000 for him as Sheffield Wednesday left him go free a month early to join Celtic. That's uh, defensive midfielder and centre-back, as he can also play, is Liam Shaw. 20 years old. Um, Mark and myself spoke about him there, that he should be in the round of first team. It's a clean slate for everyone, Mark. So there's, there's no worry, Mark, why he should be getting a game in pre-season, see what he's like, see what the fans like, see what... Ange thinks because he he's not an Ange signing really, Mark, is he? No, he's you know? not, no, he's obviously not an Ange signing, but we're spoken about somebody's made the decision and I mean a lot of the Sheffield Wednesday fans are kinda of talking the guy up. He seems to be a bit of a player, the half decent pulser. Again, it's up to this young boy it's up to him to come in and show that he should should be in and about the first team squad. See, that's what I remember when Barry was saying it's like you know that he's coming up to Celtic now, Liam Shaw. He was playing first team football for Sheffield Wednesday, and it was the same with uh, Luke O'Connell when we signed him. He was playing first team football for Bolton, and then they would uh, when Luke O'Connell came up, Mark. He was just thrown into a non-existent youth academy, you could say, Mark, who had no games, who he was just sitting basically, I say, Mark, in Lennoxtown kicking the ball with a, a group of young fellas. You know, so if we're signing them and if they're good enough, Mark, they should be in the wrong the first team. Maybe not start every game, but they should be wrong the first team anyway. Training if we if we're signing twenty year olds, twenty one year olds, they should be in the wrong the first team. They're at that age, Mark, when oh. they should be wrong the first team. Aye, oh, they should be at that age. They should be getting integrated into the first team squad. Mm-hmm. Like my thing of a youth project, Mark, a, a youngster is sixteen, seventeen, maybe eighteen. And maybe they have 18, then a year or two, maybe a year in the youth academy. And if they're good enough, then they can step up to the first thing. But not a 20-year-old, Mac, and 21-year-old that go straight into the youth academy. No. You know? It should be first-team squad, kind of. It's a straight before you, Paul. With the amount of substitution places you're allowed, and the amount of substitutions you're allowed to make, there's plenty, plenty 
room in squads for these young players to take up. But we seem mm-hmm. we seem to fold them by these uh, kind of middle of the road type of signings that don't uh, don't you're not they're not going to progress any further and they're, they're just taking up wages, they're just taking up a squad place, whereas you should be using that squad place to help the youngsters progress their career with more experience on the park. This only mm-hmm. players are going to get better is with good coaching and playing games. Exactly. Luke O'Connell, they're coming in, and there's there's no games for them to play. But their squad's that bloated that they couldn't get near the first team squad kind of idea. And you can't blame them for getting out, for looking to go and loan when they're. And especially when I when I've said in in, in previous podcast when uh, he got called up to the Ireland under twenty ones, and he said that uh, Norwegian the. Uh, the Ireland under twenty one was that he he wasted two years of his career at Celtic and those two years Mark were under Lennon. You know? Not just I, I suppose you can put a lot of the blame at Lennon, but you've also got to put the blame at the SFA and the SPFL and even at, at the club Celtic with <laughs> when they reserve league there's not need games for these boys to play. But what happened there, Mark? Was it what was that due to the fact over COVID, or how how long has the 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 the, the reserve league been gone? It's been a couple of years now, Paul. It's just one of the craziest. I don't know why you get voted through. It's just one of the craziest decisions that I've mm-hmm. ever known. Like people in general, and not, and not just and not just for Celtic, like but for for the Scottish national team alone, Mark. In this, like, how are you supposed to progress your your own homegrown players? If you don't have a proper league system there, that's exactly how. And but we're going about trying to produce young players. You're not going to produce young players when they've not got any actual. Com- Although it's, no, it's it's still competitive. It's not the highest level, but it's still competitive games playing against other teams for trophies, for this, for that. But just to get away from that league altogether is just absolutely crazy. And I'm looking now, Mark. That boys. Scotland seem today okay in producing players to get to like 19, 20, 21 and then there's a kind of abyss. They, they, they can't make the next step up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you look back over the years, Scotland's always had good youth teams in that, but very, very few of them actually make the, make the step up to actual being professionals at the top of the, even the Scottish game kind of thing. And having a reserve league for them to play in, it just made that even wider and even harder for young players to break into a first team. If you're not playing in reserve games, how are you meant to catch the manager's eye? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so, so we're looking at that. So, the core thing is, is the next, the core Celtic team is, is the next best thing Mark we're going to have to a resolve league. But that's another area that has kind of no attention by the board at the moment. They, they, they've no coaches for that uh, thing at the moment, they've no manager. They don't know what players are going to be in there yet. You know, the board really needs to get acting fairly fast. It's like it's like it's put on a standstill until the first of July, till Dominic McKay comes in, don't this? See that thing with the Colts team. Mm-hmm. When we spoke about that, I was really against it, and even Barry was against it. See, honestly, Paul, you see some of the guys that are playing in uh, the charity match. Mm-hmm. Kind of level with players that these Colts are going to be playing, they're probably even worse than that. Do mm-hmm. you get what I mean? But that's the kind of level you're. T- it's just. Oh, I get, why is it. Do you watch your young players playing in that league, Mark, picking up injuries about these t- 
the likes of these players like who are probably part-time and going in for tough tackles playing and that, pitches wouldn't be the best pitches would be the best out of the mark I'd say would they? Oh well that's another thing as well I mean but, but, I mean even where Celtic Colts going to play their games mm-hmm. that's it I don't, I don't know Maybe. I mean this is meant to be is it this season it's happening this season yeah it, it's, it's going to be starting up is there something uh, cup team that, that starts down the, the lower endings in about three weeks there's actually three to four weeks there's actually a small little kind of a pre-season cup that happens uh, I look into it for the next podcast and I get that up and running Mark I'm saying if it's meant to be happening for this season there's been absolutely nothing mm-hmm. I heard a rumour and I, I I I was actually amazed when, when it came out and I couldn't see why he would come down to to the call team was John Hughes. Like if I was taking John Hughes, I would have him walking along big Andrews' his system because he knows the league. Oh, definitely. There's no way John Hughes is going to come to Celtic to run a coach. Yeah, a co- like that's like unless it was unless he was coming in in some other kind of capacity and the and kind of the youth setup, but doing that kind of yeah, thing, he might. But he's not going to just come into. I mean, John Hughes will get a manager's... An experienced manager, Mark. Oh, he'll get a job yeah. in the, the uh, Premier League. Uh, Premier League, obviously. He'll get a job in the Premier League. Like, Ross County were kind of surprised that he left. And I was surprised when he left. Was it Ross County left, Mark, wasn't it? Ross County, uh-huh. And I was surprised he, he, he left Ross County as well so early. But he'll get yeah. a job at a lot higher level than managing Celtic Colts. Uh, to me, that'd be a bit. Even even the Celtic approached him and asked him if he wanted to do that. That's a, that's a bit of a slap in the face, I think. You know, there, there could be something there, Mike. You you never know. They, maybe Celtic will do what they, maybe, they did with Ronnie Dyler. I know. Take... I, 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 I said that in a, in a previous podcast that <laughs> there'd they be a role that Teeks could be Mark. That's his managing career. <laughs> That's the legend maybe John Kennedy's at the moment. Well, maybe him and Gavin Strachan. Everybody... Well, I say he won't. Gavin Strachan won't go there because they'll be playing out in the field and he won't get Wi-Fi for the laptop. He's the only one that knows the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Password. <laughs> Celtic 88. <laughs> and they, they keep taking out the cap, cap the letters at the start of it. That's why they keep getting it wrong. <laughs> so... Former Celtic player, now I tell you the link here on this. Former Celtic player Eric Shevchenko. Uh, Mark, this is a deal that has been garbing legs for the last couple of days and said that Celtic fans, a lot of Celtic fans would welcome the former Celtic player back to Celtic Park when uh, uh, he will he will be back at Celtic Park in, in, in four weeks, four week, five weeks' time, but will he be a Michelin player or will he be a Celtic player? But Bigange said he knows the type of player he already is as he's been watching Michelin for the last couple of years because of their danger man, A.U. Melbury, who is involved in the Australian national team and is, is Australian's danger man as well as, as Michelin. So that's the, that's, where the, the, that's where the link has come that there's an Australian that's international. This is like hanging, but is it six, six steps of Kevin Bacon or something like that? Kind of Hollywood thing. 
everybody in Hollywood has such connections somehow to that Kevin Bacon or something. Yeah. He's looking for all these into the actual any kind of link at all to Big Ange and that's why they were signing targets, isn't it? Exactly. But I was I was looking at Derek today, right? So he he said he does know him and he knows the type of player he is. Uh, and he knows Michelin. He's, he's, but that's why I'm feeling confident against uh, Celtic against Michelin because Andrew's been watching him due to this this Australian player being involved with him. Act. So he's obviously he's obviously been watching Michelin for numerous years. So he, I feel confident going into that game, right? Aye, that's aye, well, that's a good thing. Maybe going into the qualifiers. You know, but as you said, like you find it strange that we're were being linked to Shevchenko. Now, my thinking, Mark, if, if it is true, if we are being linked to him, right, is that, is that bad business by the board again, Mark, that we're not going out looking for new players, that we're going to a previous player who, as you said, Mark, he was even slow four years ago when he was with us. So obviously he's going to be slower now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. You know? No, you go and you go, Paul. And basically, Mark, is it bad business or bad transfer business or bad business quite cross our scoping system, Mark, if we can't identify new players to come in? That we're going back to a previous player, you know. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I just I said earlier, I don't really can't get my head around what what the thing is behind it. If if there's any truth in it, Paul, you know what I mean. Again, it's just rumours, and I, it's, it was good, just, just so slow. That's basically that's what it was. And see if the way Ian just said these teams want to play. I don't see how Fiachenko would fit into that system. Exactly, exactly, because he, like, going what Gavin was saying, and does a high press, so if you're doing a high press, your defence is going to push up as well, you know, and Shevchenko's not going to be able to do a high press, Mark, and get back. I mean, you're, you're, if you if, if do sign him, right, and if you get new left-backs, there's your two new left-back covering Shevchenko's lack of pace already, isn't it? Uh, you're going to leave. You're going to leave somebody exposed. That's exactly what it's going to harm. Just as we saw, Duffy kept getting exposed. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. There, there, that's how I would put it. Right? That's how I would com- kind of compare it. It would remind me kind of a Duffy kind of signing. Mhm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Duffy obviously didn't work out for him in that. Danger man, danger man for the corners, Mark, and then not good in defeat. 
you know, because Scottish football has changed, hasn't it? It's gone from really the long ball into, like it was a couple of years, Mark, it was a long ball game before Scotland, and that's gradually dying up because quality players, Mark, you would say, are after coming into the Scottish game. The young players are faster, they're, they're younger, they're faster, they're faster with the ball. That's why Duffy couldn't, I think Duffy thought he was coming into a long ball game in Scotland. You know? I I, I, well, again, it's probably the way Celtic were set up as well, but I, a lot of players think that. Mm-hmm. A lot of players do think, and for, for years Scotland did have that kind of reputation, it was just a punt up the park and everybody chased it and that. Yeah, because yeah, you always have like, like the hearts and something, you know what I mean? Those days are gone, Mark. Like, we all picked up eventually, do you get what I mean? It just yeah. takes a bit of time, but I, th- I think the overall standard in Scotland, just in general, the way the type of football that has has got better over the, last, over the last few years. Like even on the live chat there from 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 Barbie and 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 from 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 from, from uh, Rob, like there's still question marks over Shevchenko coming back. Like fair enough, Mark, he was a fan favorite. Fans loved him and. He, he, Shevchenko himself still loves him, but that's not a factor. No, that is, just because he's a fan favourite, as I said, I liked him myself, kind of thing. Just he was that kind of rough and ready kind of defender I liked. Uh, but just being a fan favourite doesn't make you a good player. Look at Paddy McCourt. Mm-hmm. Look at the kind of, the kind of fan favourites. Uh, it's just that uh, for a football side of things, I just can't see why... why so, any kind of deal for Sverchenko? Eric was speaking to Danish media today and there was no questions about uh, Celtic or anything like that but he's come out saying that he's still only 29 years old he still has a lot of years in him that he's matured as a player and he's a better player now than he was when he was last at Celtic and he's better at reading the game there, there's, there's hints there Mark still like in there I would feel like that's that's the only thing that you can be, be good at to make make up for no having pace is being really really good at reading the game. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they're defenders and that's what they do. They're not exactly the most mobile, but they they read the game that well. They're in there that quick for the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's changed that much in that, I mean, he's got to have been on other teams' radars for. Exactly, and he hasn't been marked. Exactly, he's been in the UK, he's been played in the UK for Celtic. So if other managers would have known him. And, and especially too, like like with Denmark being in the Euros, Mark, and he's not called up to the Danish national team either. You know? So... I never even give that a thought, Paul. You know, he's not, he's not, in, the, he's not in the Danish squad either. So, Mark, if he's, if he's not getting called up by, by Denmark and he's not able to play against the top players in Europe, he's not going to do nothing for Celtic in Europe either against these top teams, is he? You know? No. I've seen somebody say in the live chat, he's good enough for the Scottish League. We've said that about, I've said that about a load of players myself. So I, I would exactly. He's good enough for the Scottish League. But see, he came in at 29. He's pushing. 29. He's not good enough to play in the bigger games for his kind of idea. And that. So for me, that's him right away keep him back like a young yeah, you won't be confident yeah exactly exactly you should be keeping out the team would you be confident in Welch, Julian and Shevchenko as your three the back to the next season Mark that's weak oh, that's weak you know it is weak and big Julian I'd, 
I don't think by Julian's got much a long-term future at Celtic. Especially these injuries, Mark, and everything in this. Yeah, he's, he just he just doesn't fancy the physical side of the game. Mark, we paid a lot of money for Julian, like. I know, you know I know. We paid a lot of money for defender, like, it was like six, seven million, I think, Mark, with this. It was seven, seven and a half off the top. Seven, I'm sure it was seven. I mean, don't get us wrong, seeing the right kind of team, a ball, like you just call it a ball playing centre-half in there, but gets plenty of time with the ball, aye, he'll do, but see when it comes to the blood and guts, which is a big part of the Scottish game, he's no interest, he's really he's just so so lightweight, he's just, doesn't he, and see, I mean, even in Scotland against the smaller teams, they've got big muscly centre-forwards that are going to fight and tug and pull, mm-hmm. and he's just no interest in that side of the game whatsoever. Whatsoever, sure, who's... When he was playing, and um, it was against, uh, he, he 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 had a hard time with him. Mark, he couldn't defend against him. Shanklin, yeah, couldn't couldn't get the grips of that game. So he couldn't. Anybody that gets in, Julian's jostling him. Up yeah, that, he just he's no interest. That's the the beating him the full game. Mm-hmm. But going back to what to what I was saying, like it would be bad business by the board, Mark, if we're looking at an an ex-player to come in that we're not looking outside the box to to, to see what else is out there, you know. I'd be, I, I'd be far to have a look down our youth system and have Stephen Welch playing, Mark, and bring him back in, Eric Shevchenko, to be honest. Oh, that's what I said there. To me, yeah. he's, not, he's, not coming in to, he's not coming in as a first choice. He can't, really, he can't be. But, but he's, if he's coming in yeah. Take out just what the players have been talking about, Paul. They're just taking up squad places, yeah. Holding back young players, that would just be another one of the kind of signings for me. Like you said, there, like Liam Shaw coming in, Mark. Like, if he, if he get rid of beast on, there's Liam Shaw's place guaranteed in the first team, exactly. You know? Exactly. And for the amount of games we play, the amount Beat on, about 10 games, not even, Mark. I say, but there's plenty, uh, of, then, there's plenty you know? of games. That, between the, the leagues, the two cups, even in Europe and things like that, there's plenty of games Celtic play for these young players to get game time to help them progress. And over the last few years, it's just not happened. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even Welsh has got game time, it's through injuries. Exactly. If exactly. If they had injury problems this season, Paul Welsh wouldn't have been near that squad. And he was actually speaking in uh, an interview yesterday as well, Mark, with Celtic TV, and he's actually excited about the guys coming in because of uh, his uh, involvement in, in youth players and even when said it that he's the type of manager that can help me as a player and who will help me progress my career so if your youth team if your youth players are confident in the manager Mark they're going to step up to the plate as well aren't they because they, he's putting their trust in them so they're going to put their trust in him uh, but even with, even at that what Bagan just said these young players know that they're going to get a chance if they work mm-hmm. enough and show that they can do it. Yeah. They will get a chance. But that's what um, that's what Gavin was saying, Mark. Weren't there? You were impressed with that as well. That he said age doesn't matter. That he's not afraid to drop players. You know, he dropped all the big players in the Australian team. He it's got stick stick with. Uh, he stood Look, FA. He stood up to the yeah. FA that he was yeah. with the young players. And he got it's one player that he did bring into the the Australian team when he dropped. Uh, Mark Schwarzer at the time when Australia qualified for the up is uh, Bryson goalkeeper Matt Ryan. Uh, Arsenal have now came out said they're not interested in the player anymore. 
that they're going to turn their attention to Sheffield United goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale, who will be available next season as Sheffield United were relegated and they want to bring down their range bill. Uh, uh, I've watched Matt Ryan Mark for numerous things because I watched the, the, the Premier League as well. I, I sit down, Mark, I'd watch two flights play football if I could. So, but I like this keeper, Mark. You know, I like uh, he. Yeah. Premiership experience, Mark, international experience, and not none of our keepers would come near to him. What we have now, and plus, Ange knows him, and I don't know if 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 Ange came out and said it, Mark, that he wants him, but he only has a year left in his contract. Brighton aren't offering him a new contract because there are another club, Mark, who have to bring down their wage bills to bring in new players for next season. You know, so he is available, Mark. I say five, four, five million. I say we could get him for not even maybe cheaper, three million. Considering he's on the last year of his contract, and if Ange knows him, Mark, it's a no-brainer for me. Oh, but you know? it would be, it would be a good signing. It would be as a good keeper. What uh, age is he? Uh, twenty-nine. Do you know? What? I mean, he's still probably his best years are still in front of him as a goalkeeper. That's why the goalkeeper, Mark, uh, the twenty-eight, twenty-nine, Mark, is when. A goalkeeper starts coming into his own. Like I'm surprised that he got dropped. Right, we could get rid of Barkas. I mean, well, I don't know if it's actually signed for the key yet. No, that that kind of has gone on the backbone. And now again, you see, yeah. I mean, because then we can into about the deal that was supposedly they were cancelling. What we owed. Yeah, for Barkas. You don't want to fight being keepers sitting on the bench, right, Martin? No, yeah. no, I don't think that's what I was going to say. If we can, yeah. if we can make some kind of money or money back on Barkas and get him out and bring in that boy Ryan, I think that would be a good move. Mm-hmm. Well, both the guys in the live chat, uh, have you seen any matches of of Matt Ryan? Uh, would you be interested in, in Celtic maybe going for it? Because it is an area, Mark, that we need to improve. If Barkas is going to be our number one keeper next season, we still need a, a decent backup keeper because we saw this year that Scott Bain isn't up for us. No, I don't think Bain... I've said it before, Paul. I think yeah. he's went backwards. Yes. If, if we signed Bain, I think Bain's a worse goalkeeper now than he was when we, we signed him. When he signed him. That's really, really strange considering he's working with Stevie Woods every day. Why is that, Mark? Like, is it, is it, is it, is it a confidence issue around all our keepers or is it the fact that our defence has been so poor and they're exposed more? Well, that's a big part of it. The goalkeepers we've said it before Paul, they kind of rely on a settled defence and a, so that they can work as a unit. Because when I, when, when I played when I played soccer it, it was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's the, the Australians uh, thing rubbing off me. I'm trying to get into the Ange mode. <laughs> Soccer guys, I do. <laughs> we'll be all talking like Gavin in the next podcast. Soccer, is <laughs> So, there was always one defender that I was always confident of playing in front of me. His name was Billy McCarthy, right? Like, he was a big lad, Mac, but there was just something about him. He just there was confidence that grew off him, you know? And he, when he wasn't playing, I didn't feel confident in the fact then that I had in front of me. So that mostly ended up me being sent off. But, <laughs> yeah. You knew that, it, to get, maybe 
you make, uh, that kind of level, you know what I mean? Guys make mistakes, but you knew that when the ball was coming in, you could trust him to be in their bloody exactly. guts and getting tore in, trying to just doing anything to stop the ball going in the net. Exactly. So that's why I think like, that our defence has been so bad, this that there was no one confident in our defence. Realistic Mark till Stephen Wedge came in. That's when our defence and Oyer went into the centre. That's only when Oyer and Stephen Wedge went in that we really had a centre-back. When we took Oyer and then when we took Oyer from the right-back Mark then we struggled in right-back then. You know, so... I've uh, Paul, I'd have gave Welsh player of the year. Just mm-hmm. mm-hmm. a young boy to come in and put in the performances that he was putting in and a rubbish team that was taking... Don't get us wrong, it would have been a bit of a different matter if the fans had been in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, a young boy coming in with the team playing bad with the fans on their back, but without the fans being there, for me that might even have helped Stephen Welsh kind of career for him to settle and kind of grow in the team. But mm-hmm. I would say that he was... Every, for me, everybody else kind of let us down. Stephen Welsh wasn't involved enough to take exactly. us down. Exactly. So I'd have gave him player of the year without a shadow of a doubt. There, there was obviously, it, it does play a part, Mark, confidence in your defence, confidence in your goalkeeper, but in saying that too, Mark, like some of the shots are not goal last season, you expect your keeper to save him. You know, like, I mean, there were shots there, uh, and even Gavin was saying it's like that, or just flying over Bain's, Bain's head for, for fun oh, going into the court. No, I know, Bain, some of the ones that Bain missed and that, but I mean, how long were we into the season before we were, oh my God, there, Barkis made a save? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Was it not during one of the Rangers games? Was it not when you done your watch-along thing? Yeah, we all clapped. I think that was the first time we actually saw Barkis make a save. Making, making a save. You know, but I would mark. You know, if 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 there is any links between Celtic and uh, and Mark Ryan of of, of Bryson, I, I would be he'd be a sign of Mark that would actually bring confidence into me for next season that that area is is sorted. But again, Mark, you know, it's all media. Do you know what I mean? We don't know where these links. That because he's a skillion, because. But that's it. Yeah, that's it. Do you know, but that 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 that's exactly it. But it's going through what you were saying, Mark. That maybe maybe Ange has been looking at Celtic. Like obviously, he he knows about last season because he spoke to the players, and he would have he would have saw the league table too, Mark, and he would have saw how many goals we conceded in within the, within last season. Like we conceded a lot of goals. It's probably so maybe he thought we need to yeah. every game we played. He's sitting cooped up in that hotel room, Paul. He's yeah. probably watched every single game that we played last season. Yeah, and maybe he thinks, Mark, that it, it is actually an area that needs to be done. And if he did sign him, I, I would um, I, I would go for that, Mark, because he, he'd be a goalkeeper, Mark, that I would feel confident, not just in Scotland, but in Europe as well, Mark, because he's the Australian number one. I'm surprised... Brighton are selling him, to be honest, because the keeper they have, in my opinion, the fellow Sanchez that they signed from Spain, it, he, he's not he's not a better keeper, Mark. The reason he he's uh, he's playing is because um, I think he he's he, better on his feet, and that's the way Ian Potter wants to play. You know, but I know Ange wants to play also in the back as well. Thing with Duffy Winter. Mm-hmm. Duffy, mm-hmm. Duffy didn't fit the kind of style. Of- Exactly. Style of play they were playing, that's how we end up on the bench down there. Mm-hmm. Straight before, all this 
goalkeeper sweeper stuff and I like my goalkeepers to be able to stop <laughs> logging in the net, Paul. Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing to get. I mean, see if they're good with their feet and things like that. That's just a bonus. See, that's really something. Not really something you should be looking at. No, not clubs like Celtic. If you're like up there in Man City and Barcelona and want to be that kind of thing, you look at that. But if you're at Celtic, you want your goalkeeper to stop the ball going in the net. Because mm-hmm. I remember back, going back a couple of years ago when, when, when Brighton came back up and uh, when they were there for a season or two and he was in and around the squad then. Right? He was always the number one thing. And he was one under Hewton as well when he came up with, with Chris Hewton. And Manchester United, uh, the likes of Liverpool, the top teams, Tottenham, the top teams were linked to him back then, Mark. I mean, so there's a goalkeeper there that if if the price is right, they'll ask for his contract, Mark, and if Celtic did sign him, it's a, it'll be no-brainer. So next... you uh, his agent, Paul? Well... You know, Paul. He's been I've never heard you that excited for weeks. No, but I would not. You know, I, I, I know it's because, Mark, I played in goal, and I, I liked it, and I, I, and I saw how... Poor keepers. A lot of people are saying that there's a goalkeeper in Barkas and think, and think. But Mark, uh, next season I don't think it is because of what what's happening and what's happening to the club. It's a huge rebuild. We need to win the league back, Mark. And that's an area that I think that needs to be improved quickly because I don't feel confident in Barkas next season. Mark. I agree with you. Well, I'm one of the ones. I think I think there is a player in Barkas, but it's a gamble. Do you trust him for another for another season? Uh, there's going to be more pressure mark on him this season because we need to win the title back and fans are going to be watching him closely until he's getting second chance. There's going to be but more pressure. If we can move Barkas on and get that right, is it Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan? Mm-hmm. Him in, that would be a good piece of business. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, Celtic have been linked to us and uh, is, uh, is, is Charlie Wright, uh, the 28-year-old of Sunland, who scored 30... 30 goals last season. Also, contract at the end of June. Celtic are confident that the deal will be done. So, Mark, this, this looks like it's going to be kind of a done deal. I think uh, Millsborough have pulled out of it. They're not looking at him. Nottingham Forest aren't looking at him. Uh, he's six foot two. He's a six foot two striker. I, I, I wouldn't want him as our, our number one. Striker, but I think he's an option Mark, that we don't have at the moment in a big striker that maybe could play off another strike if if Ange goes too up front or anything like that. You know, I love that. It must be that kind of thinking that's got his interest in uh, interest in him. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's Edward's replacement. Put it that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think he'll be a bit further down the pecking order than that. But uh, you see, the geese is that kind of physical. Presence up front, which a lot of people, well, me included, we have we have missed that because sometimes it does work having a big burly striker up front for you. So I take it that's just another option kind of idea, that kind of signing, Paul. Like a bit bliff. It's a free chance. It's, it's, it's a free transfer. Like it, it's it's it, it's either we're not going to lose out the money, Mark. You know what I mean? It's either it's, it could it could be a win win. It could be it could be disaster. But look. He scored 30 goals, I know, in League One, Mark, but there's teams in the League One, Mark, I presume that's up nearly as better as some of the teams in Scotland. Well, 31 goals at any kind of levels, you can't sneeze, 
sniff at that, can you really, Paul? I mean, like one thing, daughter. Like, I was, yeah, one thing, daughter. I, I, I was reading about is that a few journalists have been saying he's a bit of a journeyman. You know that he's never kind of got himself to the next level, Mark. That he was always kind of in and around the, the lower leagues of 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 England. You know that that kind of that would be my my main concern, Mark. That he hasn't kind of really stepped up yet. But he just, you know, and he's twenty eight. You know. Put his with Jamie Vardy when he got into the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Does that need to be able to say anything like this? I'm not comparing him with Jamie Vardy, by the way. That was just to win job, Paul, but... Mm-hmm. Well, look, look at uh, look at Pookie that we had. I mean, what age was Pookie when he was in... when he got his chance in the Premier League and things like that? It's, um, mm-hmm. All that journeyman stuff. That's just guys maybe not getting the right opportunity at the right time. Mm-hmm. Going to... And see that kind of level, I mean, you know yourself, even in Scotland, every year players just get released for clubs for no apparent reason kind of idea and they just go for mm-hmm. St. Marin to Aki's kind of, do you know what yeah. I mean, that like, kind of level. Considering, how, how, like, considering who we have left at the moment, like it looks like maybe Griffiths is going to stay, uh, Bayou is, is, is coming back, right, and you have a Yessi. You know, we're going to get this fan in as a free transfer mark for 31 goals. Hopefully, he's not going to be Edward's answer by, by the board that he's not going to be that straight place that they actually do invest in the striker. But it's worth the punt, Mark, isn't it, on the free transfer? Well, you know? as you've said before as well, Paul, we've not actually got any young strikers on our books. No, no. Do you know what I mean? So it's not as if he's coming in, what I was talking about earlier on, holding back a young player. He's coming in and filling a position that, well, if he's that kind of size and the kind of player I've even seen for like YouTube club, clips and that, he's a different kind of player for anything we've got. Yeah, he's not there, Mark. I, I'm, you know, it's a player that we haven't really had, really, since uh, Jan van Gogh that type of player, isn't this? And you know, he's going to give us a bit of height, Mark, that we don't have if we're trailing, Mark. Exactly. You know? so I was going to say, sometimes that you need that kind of tactic, a, if you're late in the game and chasing the game, I punt into the box. Whereas we've punt into players that didn't even have the kind of physicality. Because you look at you, you, you look at the squad at the moment, Mark. It's a very small set of team, it's it's yeah. Very lightweight, Paul. Phys- mm-hmm. Physical wise, and that. Yeah. You know, I think we, we need. We we're talking about like the kind of centre half. We need. Sviatchenko would be ideal if he was a bit quicker. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Big physical kind of guy, but that, we're needing some muscle in the middle of our defence. Especially how fast, especially how fast the, the game is now, Mark. And the way Ange plays, Mark, I I couldn't see Shevchenko, and I'm surprised too. Like like I I've never seen this player, Mark Charlie White play. I haven't seen him play. I haven't seen him, but I've read a lot about him. You know, he he's in favour coming to Celtic, Mark. What, why wouldn't he be, Mark? Do you know what I mean? Why wouldn't he be in favour of Clemson? He could be, yeah. he could be the big, big, big uh, yeah. taking of him, Mark. Aye, that's what I was going to say. Any offence to the guy, but at that, the level he's playing at the new Celtic even been interested in him. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. That, that's a dream come true, really, isn't it? I mean, Especially with McGeady being there as well, Mark, and McGeady's a free chance now at the moment, as well he's leaving. But oh. McGeady probably talked up Celtic too. Oh, I don't have him linked, don't worry. <laughs> you know? Speaking of wingers, uh, former Celtic target Albert Els, a ringer who now plays with Bovista, 
West Ham and Southampton are also being leaked at the player at the moment. Celtic had a chance to sign this player from Houston Dynamo from the MLS last season, but the deal never materialised. The, the ship has now sealed on this one, as the player is now valued at $10 million, and this would take up Celtic's budget. Mark, I think that's a no-go anyway. It's kind of popped up today that Celtic are, are interested in him again, but at a ten million mark, I couldn't, I couldn't see it really. Who? I don't know. Who he... Albert Els, he's an he's an American. I I don't know who you're talking about, Paul. He's stop sending me links to stuff you're going to talk about. Yeah, he's a he's a winger. He's a fast winger from the team. We were linked him uh, last season. Lennon wanted to sign him for three million, three to five million. Uh, Celtic wouldn't pay that for him, and he ended up going to Bovista. I know he's valued at 10 million, Mark. So that's why I brought up because it, it shows, Mark, that we have a chance to sign these players beforehand and we bolt at the prices. I know they're what they're what more money, Mark, than what we're... There's some of them, Paul, might not be any day with uh, the money. Mm-hmm. Could be a day with work permits, stuff in that. We've been stung a few times with work permits with guys from America and that's a... Maybe there's something, something like that that made it no harm. So another former Australian and former Huddersfield and Bryson and Manchester City Youth Academy player Aaron Moy uh, has been linked with with Celtic in recent days. The the 30-year-old and he's playing in China at the moment. He's playing with Shanghai Port. Uh, he's valued now at five million. Another another Australian mark is is being linked to us. I think he would come in if he did sign would be bronze replacement. You know, but it's all Mark. All I'm seeing at the moment is what the media are linking us to is all Australian exactly. players. Just anybody that's Australian we can link to first what you're saying about Vyachenko, Big Ange knows him because he watches that other player that plays the media land and that's just he's totally tenuous links about who Celtic could sign? Oh, they big websites and that they're the exact same they do as well. Five Celtic signings Ange could make that. It's just totally yeah. crazy links that somebody's just. And this, Al Moy just signed, just signed from um, from Brighton. He just moved there last season. He still has two years in his contract mark. I think he'd be valued at maybe five point five million mark even to get him out of, of China, but. Why would he want to come out of China, Mark, when I say he'd be on big money there uh, playing in in, 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 in in the Chinese league? Is it, there's big money in that league, you know? Oh, definitely. It'll be... I don't think Celtic could probably match his wages. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but it's amazing, like, that when when you're looking at transfer targets, exactly what you said, like, it's, it's, it's five players who Celtic could sign, and they're all either linked to the Manchester City group or their Australian players, you know, or their former players who played on the Andrew former teams in Brisbane Boroughs, you know? They're all kinda all players that are kinda linked to him. That I I wouldn't fancy the the, the boy really to, to come into Celtic. Sorry, Paul Yoda was have that but yeah, yeah. I just you said that but the Man City group had come in with it. That boy, he was with Man City. Yeah, he was in the Greek, in the Youth Academy, and um, he then he went to Huddersfield on loan, 
and then Brighton signed him then. Like, so he's a part of, like, whoever's coming up with these transfer targets is, is looking at previous players who played for Manchester City or, or who's Australian. Just make sure that the City group don't own anything in the team that he plays for in China then or exactly. Barisimar hands. And the last uh transfer target that we have linked to Celtic by the media, uh this one actually Mark excites excites me is a uh Yokohama striker, uh Edu Unwadu, I think. Right? I'm gonna say we get used to this. Scored a hat-trick in six minutes in his second international match game. 25 years old. He's He was a favourite under Ange at Yokohama. He was signed by Ange at Yokohama. Edu recently spoke of his fondness about his former boss and that he would like to link up with him again someday. He's out of contract in six months. Uh, I, 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 I actually watched clips of this fellow to see what, what he's about. And this fella would excite me, Mark. Oh, I've, seen, I've seen, I've watched a couple of videos. I mean, he does. He looks a player, doesn't he? He reminds me of um, a Scott Sinclair. You know, fast. He can score goals. He can play up front. He can play off the line. You know, that could be a kind of a kind of liberal signing, couldn't it? Somebody like that. Yeah. Just again, it's YouTube we're watching and things like that. But I definitely. Technically, as he's got some kind, some skill about him in that. Year. Don't they, you know, like he's only twenty-five years old, Mark Rice, and and the lads were saying to us too, Mark, like that the Japanese league isn't an easy league. You know, it's it's a hard league. Like there could be at least about five to six teams who can win that league. At least, at least, you know, who you talk to, the but I, yeah. See, I'm not saying it's that the kind of level is the Premier League, but. Mm. That kind, it's that kind of uh, things. There's so many teams that are capable of actually winning the league. That is a big thing to do. Fourteen goals back in twenty-five appearance last last season for for Yokohama. You know, uh, scored a hat trick in six minutes in his second match for for Japan. Six months left in his contract, Mark. He doesn't. What he said, he doesn't want to. He's not signing a new contract because. His former boss and now Celtic manager is has left Yokohama. You know, so he's obviously fond of Ange. He's looking for a move and seems to like big answer. Like for for even even if even with six months in his contract, just buy him buy it the new rather than wait and try and get him. Exactly. Free because even if. No, I mean, we don't be looking for big transfer money or that. Yeah, but Mark, me and you were saying there, like, the, uh, in a few podcasts before, we were saying to Gavin, like, that these, I'm just going to open up a, a new market for Celtic that we haven't signed players for in a long, long time since Nakamura, really, Mark, in around the Asian market. Like, I'm just going to open the door for Celtic there to to sign these players, you know what I mean? And, and this be one player that, if, if we sign, Mark, from the Asian, Asian League, I would be really excited about, you know. Well, I I don't I think it's again it's a big gamble, Paul. Yeah. Players over for that, that kind of thing, but see the kind of level. I mean, well, Nakamura, Nakamura came from Italy. It's people. He was there, yes, he was there, yeah. In Europe, and that, but he was in Europe. I, I mean, these young players these days. I mean, that, that young boy's probably a bit a superstar over in Japan, and he knows. 
Mm-hmm. But the game of football's the politics of football. And I was reading, I, I I was reading this from the J League news. Like this, these things that he was saying, he was saying to the the J League sports block broadcasters, like they were in Chinese, so I didn't know what they were names. But he was quoted saying these to the the, the Japanese uh, sports sports outlets over there that he wants to leave because we can say like it, it wasn't coming from no um, no European. Uh, would you say media mark or Scottish media this is from the J-League itself because you thought we maybe have a look at the J-League to see if we can see any links coming through there but he was actually saying in the J-League that he wants to leave because Beacons left you know so he must Beacons must must have must be able to grow on players mark you know, if you're speaking of him see if, I mean, that, that's what I was saying but these players that are over there and young players after staff players hope they know that the chances are they're going to have to move to a better a, not a better country a kind of mere to help a profile on their wages their earnings and things like that and that's where the, the way I've got this kind of impression of big Ange is that players over that, over that neck of the woods would come out here because of him Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? Exactly. That's kind of reputation. Yeah, it does, Mark. Right? Uh, really, because I, we don't know, Mark. No, I, I, that's exactly, Paul. We've only kind of... Yeah, well, his reputation is huge. Exactly. Gavin was saying about it, all the stuff he's done behind the scenes, at all the levels of Australian football and that, and, and I was, Japan, and it really it seems to have kind of status about him over yeah. that kind of side of the world that players would... And I was reading because of him, right? That kind of thing. I, I, well, I sent you the link, Mark, today that we're actually being followed now because we're, we have uh, Celtic Australians on board with us, and Gar, uh, Gary and, and Gavin will come on future broadcasts with us. And, and we're going to be going on uh, the, the Celtic Australians podcast with the lads when, when they're up and running properly at the moment. So we're going to be going on them. But we're actually being followed at the moment on Twitter by Celtic. Uh, fan club in Sydney that they just started following us today and I was reading through their their tweets and these Celtic supporters over in Australia are extremely excited about Ange coming to Celtic like uh, you know well we heard it for Gavin and yeah is it Chris the other guy Chris yeah I keep forgetting it, Chris uh, but we heard for him about him and a lot of the stuff we didn't know do you know what I mean the way that he was held in that kind of Prestige, and how mm-hmm. a lot of the Australians knew the kind of football he's going to play and what he would bring to the team, and he'd, he'd raise the levels, and especially about the fitness. He seems to be obsessed with fitness, so that can only be a good thing for us going forward. Um, like, so there are the media, like, so there are all the rumours and gossip, but I said, look, there are players that have the media weakness to mark. Like, would you be confident with the players, maybe, that the, the media? Are linking us to Mark, or would you think we need to be stepping up a bit better from the likes of Moy and uh, and stuff like that? You know, there's only there's only two players really that stand out for me. There is the, the lad playing the J League and and Matt Ryan that I would feel confident. Agree with that. The rest of them is a kind of hat and mask kind of. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, be much confidence, but the Matt Ryan one and the boy for the J League is definitely. Definitely, yeah. it would improve his right away. But so they're they the transfer things that have. But what made me more concerned, Mark, is that the 
the media having kind of Dame Danny players, Mark, where we're struggling for players. Like we have left back, we have problems in right back. We've basically no ringers. But surely I just hope, Mark, that the board and Ange know that these are areas, Mark, that we need to invest in, Mark. Not get loan signs, Mark, for left back and, and right back. That we need permanent signs there to, at the moment. Don't, there seems to be a lot kind of not really rumours but there's always wee articles put up yes. Aaron Hickey yeah Aaron Hickey again I've seen that and and he's he's come up Mark and said that he was actually close to signing for Celtic and he'd like to sign for Celtic you know so is that would Aaron Hickey be good enough for the Champions League well even though even the Champions League the Europa League mm-hmm. take that, I'd probably take that gamble yeah, because you look at it, Mark, like... Again, uh, Greg Taylor is with two left-backs. I would probably go with that, to be honest, Paul. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, right? And, and I spoke about it in the rumours, and he is coming back, Mark, and it is going to be a clean slate for everyone at Celtic. I, I, I presume, like, even Lee Griffiths is getting a clean slate by the phone call he had today, right? So do you think the board will take Bon Goli's decision out of Big Andrew's hands because of what he did last season? Oh, I don't see to be honest Paul I just uh, it, it is a tough one Mark isn't this? Oh, see the time I'd, at the time all this we weren't actually too sure if it was actually fact and fiction with this Covid thing and that I mean that was pure stupidity what he'd done mm-hmm. he's only a young boy he made a mistake but Fair to it was a bit of a big mistake, but I mean, let's not crucify him for it. I think, Mark, I don't considering everything that happened last season, like, it, it, like he was, as you said, Mark, he was a stupid long lad. But the whole season last season was just a whole bomb scare, really. You know, like it, it, sh- it should be maybe a clean slate, and maybe see if we can can improve him. Being all the players that we haven't seen him. You know, like we we know that Lennon's un- unable to help players' careers. I think maybe Bon Goli himself will be willing to move on just because of what's happened. You know, because there is a group of fans, Mark, that won't accept this. He'll, you know, he'll get a, he'll get somebody to sign him. It just depends on how much money Celtic's willing to kind of take a hit on kind of idea. But I think I don't think he'll have a future at Celtic, but. I think mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was all about blown out of proportion to bonus Paul because he had certainty at the time if it was true and what wasn't he? Exactly. So it, it, it is Mark because he is going to keep, he, he's going to be in pre-season next week. He's, he's coming back. Celtic's come forward. He's coming back. Bayou's coming back ne- next season. Shevard, we don't know if he's going to be. He wants to go on loan. We don't know if he's coming back, but. It, there, there's a lot. There's a, there's players we that, that are coming back, Mark. That we, we we've seen that haven't progressed under Lennon because Lennon's not the type of manager, Mark, that can progress the players. He, he can't develop players, in my opinion. Lennon he does know how to to make players better players. But maybe Beagans is the manager that Celtic need to maybe make these players better players. Believe in them, like Rogers and Doyle, Mark. They made players better. They made them feel better in themselves. You know. Do you, do you think maybe there, there's a player that we haven't seen maybe in Bayou? There's a player we haven't seen in Bongoli, Shevard, 
that maybe Ange can actually, considering what we heard about him, he's, he's, he's able to develop players properly, Mark. He gives them a pass. Maybe he's the one that's going to change Celtic around, Mark. I, I'm sure the fans that we signed these players rightly and that there was players in, but it was just under bad management, Mark. You know? Oh, well, he could, he could do that. And the players will... I mean, we've said, we've said it's a clean slate. So these players will come back and just... Just kind of shine to big and he's like, I don't recognise this for what, do you get what I mean? What I've been told about you and that kind of, you've totally, you're totally changed my opinion of what I was expecting for you. If these players are willing to come in and put the effort in. Mm-hmm. But exactly. The players, do the players still want to be here after the way they've maybe been treated off? Exactly, because if I, if, if, if I, if I was a player out and and if I'm coming back to Celtic and you you know yourself that you didn't fit Neil Lennon's system for, for the last two years, you know you want to part of his plans, you couldn't play under his thing, he didn't rate you. And if you're coming in and there's a new manager you're coming back from loan, they you had a good season. I know it was League League One over France, but he was playing with Toulouse and 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 it's the same with, with Bongoli, he was playing they keep Bongoli was playing the Champions League last season, Mark against Manchester United or Trafford. You know? Oh, well, that's what I mean. There's, there's, yeah. there'll be clubs out there that would, if Bongoli wants to leave and Celtic want to let him go, which maybe be for the best apart from the ways, there'll mm. be teams out there that will sign him and they will probably get some kind of fee for him. But mm. if, if he comes in, puts his seat down, I mean, yeah. he can't crucify you. He can't just... I, I think, uh, with it, Paul, I if, think he in, guy, if he comes in, does a job, the fans will quickly forget... What oh, happened? Really? And that's why we need to, the fans need to start doing those. Mark is forget about last season. Last season is done. It's finished. You know, we're a new era. We're going into a new rebuild. There's going to be new players in. There's no reason for negativity around the club at the moment, Mark. I know we don't have a director of football. There's this, but it will happen. I, I, I personally, it won't happen this season. That's my opinion. But. You have to get behind the club now and see what players we're going to bring in. And we still need a chief or a chief scout, Mark, because we actually don't have a chief scout. But is Big Gang going to be looking after all that himself, Mark? Or is it too much for him to be looking after all that? Well, I think it's too much for him. Mm-hmm. As we've spoke about before, Paul. He's yeah. It's his first chance in Europe, etc. Blah blah. We've been through it all before, but for he put the full responsibility everything on him is a big big ask for me mm-hmm. so maybe maybe Celtic are looking at maybe a chief scout mark at the moment and not a director of football I, 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 I that's right I honestly think mark that a director of football is, is a no-go this season because considering what has happened that there's so much going on at the club I think maybe if they were going to Sign the director of football. That was part of the Eddie Howe deal, you know. And that I think though they know with so much little time at the transfer window is going is is opening and there's going to be players leaving. I think Celtic just want to get the players in, settle down, and just start to start hitting the ground running with with new players. Uh, that's all for tonight, folks. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Manscaped Grooming, for for their support for us. Remember, 20% off plus free shipping when you purchase with our code Celtic Rumors TV. And don't forget, when you purchase, 
to Trim Your Balls, where you listen to us on the Balls and Baldwin podcast. Thanks to all of you who joined us on the live chat. Uh, Mark, for joining me again tonight on the show. Uh, Mark, we now close the show. Thanks very much, Paul. Uh, just as I said earlier, the link to the GoFundMe page for the charity for the NHS is in the description. And uh, the link to that for Manscaped, that's also in the description. Thanks very much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it, lads. Remember, hit the, the subscribe button and the like button. Thanks again. Good night and God bless. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.